Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Footballist Family podcast tonight. And I, I get to do something special tonight. Uh, I just told our guests, I'm going to let him introduce himself in a second. I'm a nerd first and a football fan second. And I get to do both of those tonight. Would you like to introduce yourself? My name is uh, Brad Bell. live in a suburb of Omaha, Nebraska, and host an annual uh, Tech Mobile Championship Tournament. Uh, we get players from all around the U.S. come out to it, and I travel around the U.S. to different Tech Mobile tournaments. Brad, I, I'll tell you this. Number one, you're living my dream. If they had the Titans on the Tech Mobile game, I would have been all about that. Uh, of course, they weren't around at that time, but I want to tell you how bad it is with me at Tecmo, Tecmo Bowl. I, it dawned on me, and I don't know how much I can play this uh, legally, but I remembered that I had on my phone this for my ringtone. That is the theme to Tecmo Bowl. I don't know if you heard that. I did, yeah. And that is where I am with Tecmo Bowl. I love that game. It is an incredibly uh, sentimental game to me, number one. But number two, uh, it is a game that allowed me to actually play football on my Nintendo for the first time with a decent game. Now, there were other games like 10-yard fight, John John Elway football. um, I'm sure there was some more, but they were not good. Tecmo Bowl was good. Now, what I'd like for you to do, if you would, is, is kind of give me some history, and then not only with the history, but get how you got into it. All right. So, Techno Bowl was released February 1989, and um, as you may uh, the listeners here will know, it was the uh, first game with the uh, NFL Players Association licensing. Uh, at that time, didn't have the NFL licensing. Um, and I agree with you. Ten yard fight wasn't very good. John Elway football, uh, likewise. Um, shortly thereafter, the um, uh, Nest play action football was. was oh. Yeah, it was kind of like they were on what Madden was going to do, but the execution of it was horrible. It was a really slow game, really uh, clunky, clunky gameplay. So 
Um, Tech Mobile clearly was the cream of the crop in terms of what was out at that time, um, just light years ahead of, of what of its predecessors. Um, and so um, the gameplay function, super smooth, um, really fluid movements. Um, it just, it had everything. It was perfect. And it, uh, it was now before you go any further, I hate to interrupt you. It was, it was perfect. Cause you got to be the people that you watch on TV. You got to experience, you know, I got to play as John Elway. That mm -hmm. was my team that I played as in uh, growing up. I was a Broncos fan. I was grew up in middle Tennessee and I was a Broncos fan. How that happened? It was a long story. But I got to say, hey, I played as John Elway and, and won the championship with him, which he didn't do until much later on. But uh, one thing I enjoyed about that is that you, you got to see people that you can see on TV. And I think this was the first game that had the, the, that uh, the Players Association involved with it. Sure. sure. It was, yeah. um, there was a baseball game, I think it was hardball on the PC. And that was actually the first game to ever, like any sports game to ever have player licensing. But Tech Mobile was the very first Nintendo um, licensed game to do so. Now, uh, when uh, I was on Darren's uh, podcast a while back about Tech Mobile, uh, and you mentioned a second ago, it didn't have the NFL license. So you didn't have the Denver Broncos or the Indianapolis Colts, you had the Denver team, you had the Indianapolis team. Can you explain to me, number one, or maybe you know this, why didn't they get the NFL permission to do this? And number two, why were the Colts on this game? <laughs> um, so actually, I don't know the answer to that first question as to why why they didn't get the uh, NFL licensing. I don't know if they, uh, because maybe it was a new game and with um, – kind of compensation or monetary issues. I don't know if that's why they didn't go that route. Um, it's hard to say. That's a good question. I might try to look into that um, with some channels I can through uh, through some people that are still with the Tecmo Kawhi. Um, I love the question about the Colts. So uh, there's always been a lot of questions about why they chose the 12 teams that they did. Um, were they all together in the playoffs one year, which they weren't because in those days there was only five teams in the playoffs per conference. So I spent a lot of time on profootballreference.com and really the best I could gather was that they used the most prominent franchises of that era. So um, Tech Mobile, for instance, is based off the 1987 season. However, it features some of the named player movement going into 88. Um, so the, my best guess or estimation on why the Colts are in there was one, they won the division in 1987. Um, and also they traded for Eric Dickerson and Dickerson at that time had lost star power. So, um, the Colts and also the Vikings, I think were another team that were included because they were kind of the, the, uh, the hot team at the time. If you remember at following 87, they blew out the saints and the 49ers in the playoffs. So. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So they had a couple teams that I feel like they were included just because they were kind of the flavor of the month in 87. But for the most part, if you look at the the success um, of that era, a lot of those teams were included just because they were perennial playoff teams. Now, this game right here, uh, the teams, the teams that – and I think it might have been looking at your uh, – can you tell everybody your Twitter handle? 
It's uh, at TechMobile versus RBI. That's TechMobile vs RBI. RBI baseball is exceptional too, by the way. Um, but I think it was on yours that I found out that there were rankings on Tech Mobile. I always thought growing up that it was the same teams, that there were no difference between the teams. You just played as the team that you played with. But I was wrong. Um, the, the Redskins and the 49ers and the, uh, uh, the Bears all had good defenses. Uh, the, the Dolphins had a great passing game. I believe they were one of two teams that had three passing plays and one running play. So there were different rankings on those on those teams. Certainly, yeah. They they gave uh, different players different attributes and abilities. Um, and so, like Washington, for example, really stacked on the defensive side of the ball. One of the fastest teams, um, you know, for a player by player situation. Um, so it's really interesting how the the matchups coincide with the with the different player personnel and their abilities. But yeah. Uh, Miami, like Marino, for example, uh, pass one and pass two aren't that great, but because Marino has such a strong arm, he makes those plays work. Um, Chicago with a strong running game, you know, Los Angeles with Bo and, and Marcus is really fast running backs. Um, so there's just a myriad of different player abilities. And so it really adds all these layers to the game as you play in all these different matchups. Now, what I love about this game as well is it didn't have a save option. You put in a code, and and I mentioned this again with Darren's podcast. I still have my codes from the '80s in my in my shed, and I'm pointing like everybody can see where I'm pointing at the shed, which is across the street from us right now. Uh, they still work. I think that's amazing. Yeah, just part of the, the coding and. Um... Um, you know, I've read about people that had basically figured out the code or the sequence to the letters and numbers so that they could, um, they'd figured it out so that they could make, um, if you wanted to play as the bears against the giants in the championship game, if you kind of learn the sequencing of the code, they could figure that out and make that happen. Well, that's so, how I got to Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson punch out. I knew the code, but I always got punched out with the first time anyway. So it wasn't worth, worth doing it. Um, what I like about it as well is that you play every team, you pick your team, and then the computer randomly picks a team for you to play against. You beat that team. I think you have four quarters at a minute 30 apiece. Then you go to the next one. And eventually the last team that you play is in the championship game. And again, you could have two AFC teams playing the, in, in the championship. You could play, have two NFC teams playing the championship. After that, you know, you won, you won the thing. Now, if you were to add, if you were to look in your life, how many seasons have you played on on Tech Mobile? Oh, not really a ton through against computer, just because the AI isn't very good. Um, what what my friends and I have done is we would conduct our own seasons where we would draft teams. Uh, we would randomly put them in uh, divisions, conferences. And I would create a twelve game schedule for every team. And so we would play that out. So my, my buddy, Nate and I, we would play an 85 game season with the 12 teams and we've done uh, seven or eight of those. Um, and so, games. yeah, so that's, you know, right. There's a, uh, you know, over 500 games I've played against my buddy just in these seasons. But, um, but yes, yeah, for against the computer, um, there was a website I did find that that was a password generator. And so I came up with, 
um, all the Super Bowl matchups possible. Um, and so I use that as kind of like a training exercise, um, just because at that point of the season against the computer, the, um, the computer is really overpowered. They're, they're really fast. Um, and so it's a great simulation of sorts to get you prepared for the, uh, for the two player, the two player tournaments and such, but, but really, yeah, when it came down to just playing two players, um, was the best for us. That's where the game ultimately shines, but we always had some sort of season or we had a Tecmo, like a world cup tile competition or a tournament or something. Um, so we were always focused on two player matchups instead of the, just playing the computer. Okay. So it's not so much the seat, uh, have you learned that when you play against people that that game plays a little bit different? Is that what you're saying? That it just plays a little different? Well, it's just, um, the computer just randomly chooses plays. Um, you know, so I don't, there's not really to me a lot of challenge to play in the computer, um, as to where we've studied the game in depth. We've learned how like run blocking schemes work. We've learned how combination of calls between the offense and the defense create very specific pass coverage help from the computer. So um, in the two-player setting, over the years, it's taken us a long time to get to this level of ability and knowledge. Um, Technical is really a chess match between two highly skilled and highly knowledgeable players. So that's that's really our experience and why we've, we've stuck with the game in two-player setting as opposed to playing the computer. Now, explain to people who've never played this game, um, I guess it's not the play style that I'm looking for, but if you were to take a Nintendo, I have it on the Nintendo Wii, and then I bought the mini Nintendo when it was on there. If you were just to pick up the controller and start playing, what type, what game are you going to play? What is this game about? Um, it's just um, it's a fast-paced action sports game, really. It would be the best way that I would characterize it. Um, and it's something you can play in 20 minutes. So, um, and, uh, just the player, the player movements are very fluid. Um, so I think it just had all the components of a good eighties, eight bit game. I mean, for a lot of games didn't play half as good as tech mobile. So if that, if that's kind of answers your question yeah. for what you're looking for. So when you pick plays, what do you do? Um, like what am I thinking? As okay. To what okay. Let, let, let me, let me we were talking about the difference between hosting and, and, and being in a podcast here. Let me see if I could. The controller itself yeah. is a rectangle controller. It is ugly, but it's classic. Yeah. If you ever look up classic Nintendo controller, it has up, down, left, right, pause, start, BA. And in order to pick a play, you would look and you would pick up A, left A, right A, or down A. And that would pick your offensive play according to the four plays that they have there. As the defense, you would do the exact same thing. You would say, well, I think he's going to run a play. He's going to run a running play. So you would pick up A and I think right A and then yeah. left A and down A for passing play. Can you explain the, the the play dynamics, I guess, is what I'm looking for? Sure. Okay. So we'll take run plays, for example. Um the you know you press your up and a typically your run play to the top half of the field and it's blocked that way as well um and so and what's really cool the techno bowl is there's very specific run blocking schemes um so there's certain defenders that left unblocked um and so on the on the back side of the run play so when you call press up and a for example call run play to the left um you really want to take your running back and direct him 
um, behind the blocking is what you're trying to do there. Um, and so that's kind of the, the theory of it or whatever. Um, so you can avoid those unblocked defenders. Um, same with uh, if you called the, uh, you know, like over right in A, you're going to, that play is going to be directed to the bottom half of the field. So you're going to want to follow your lead blocks there. That's, and, and by the way, if you pick the same play, the offense, the defense picks the same play, the offense, you get a jailbreak blitz. And that play, I would pick that more often than not against my dad. He absolutely hated it. He's like, well, how are you doing this? And we just got to pick the same play that, that I'm picking. Uh, but there's one guy that would, break it doesn't matter if you gel break or gel broke on Bo Jackson he would break just about everything that you put in there he was Superman on that game yeah he could do that but one of the tricks on defense is to when you call the bow play um, what you're going to want to do is kind of just pull your defender drop him back away from the fray so if Bo does get out around the edge um, there's no one there to catch you or grab you or block you or anything like that um, so that was one of our ploys to stop Bo um, so that he couldn't, you know, use that jailbreak play. It was just stay back from the fray up at the top part of the field. And you can, um, if he does get free, you're most likely going to get him for just a short game. What's your favorite team on this game? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, I really like to use Indy um, because of Eric Dickerson. Um, Denver is one of my favorites. Um really have a, a soft spot in my heart for like those really strong middle tier teams. You know, everybody wants to be Chicago or San Francisco or, you know, kind of the hot teams, but I really like to uh, play with the middle teams, the, the strong middle tier ones. I'm not, uh, I like the Vikings, the uniforms and everything like that, but I don't like the running plays. I think they have a, a reverse on that. Is it a reverse or is that a roundabout? Basically an end around and around. Um, one of the problems with that play is um, the blocking scheme for it's kind of broken. And so um, the programmers, um, I'm trying to remember specifically what they did, but there's is against, um, against that run play, there's not a blocker assigned to the bottom defensive back. Um, so he's not blocked on that play. He's also not blocked on the run play to the top half of the field. So with one defender, you can shut down Minnesota's their whole uh, run game, and then you can just sit on the uh, I believe it's the pass two call um, because you get some uh, really beneficial pass coverage help when Minnesota goes to pass one. So, so it's not something that you do. You're not just playing the game. You're watching the pass coverage. You're watching the blocking. Sounds like you've got this figured out. Yeah, I, I do. Like we've. Um, you know, we had some buddies up in Canada and they were actually ahead of us by, by a few hundred games. Um, and so I'd found their website. And so there was a lot of things, technical details about blocking schemes and pass coverages from the computer and stuff that we were just starting to learn. And the guys up in Canada had already figured this out because they had played hundreds more games than us. But in TechMobile, there is a slug of technical details about the game um, where we know defensively, uh, which defenders aren't blocked on certain run plays, um, you know, or which which defenders to not use because you're going to want them to be controlled by the computer to get into pass coverage help. So tons of technical stuff that we've um, basically we've gained the knowledge of and then we got the mastery of through application. Now, it's a minute 30 quarters. The clock runs pretty much constantly. 
what's some high scores that you've gotten on this game? Oh, back in the day, um, I remember Nate and I had like a game. It was like 28, 26 was maybe the highest um, two play, you know, like kind of back and forth game we've ever been a part of. Um, nowadays with our defensive knowledge, a lot of our games are like nine to six, nine to seven. So it's, it's pretty low scoring battles nowadays, but back when we frustrate did, you a little bit with the, uh, the low scoring games, yeah. Yeah. not especially it's, it's kind of like a, it's like a game of tug of war. And, um, you know, if you can just kind of keep pulling that rope far enough, getting just a big enough lead, uh, you can probably will hold on and win, but it's, uh, it is what it is just because we've gotten so efficient with defense and, and we're also top level offensive players, but the schemes uh, tend to supersede what you can do on offense. Now you're talking about kicking. Uh, there's no directional kicking in this. I believe it's all power. Mm-hmm. What's the distance? What's the extent of the kicker's distance that you found out? Um, it varies from kicker to kicker. Um, Dean Biasucci of, the, of Indianapolis uh, you can make a field goal as player one if the line of scrimmage, I believe, is the 46-yard line. And Butler with Chicago is the 45 as the max. Golly, that's yeah, a another, long kick. Yeah. Now, there's other guys. Um, Rodriguez with Seattle. I think you have to get to the 37-yard line, and you got to hit all of it as player one. Um, and if you're player two, I, I don't really understand why um, there's really nothing in the code, but – it's like your field goals go about a yard less as player two. Now, what's neat about this as well, Seattle at this point was in the AFC West, so you will be playing them in the AFC. Uh, and they have that great Bosworth jersey on. I love that jersey. Good stuff. Uh, so, okay, we were talking before, and you sent me a link, and I watched that, uh, that link a couple times with a documentary you're doing. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? So the uh, the film company is called um, Forty FPS, and it's CJ Wallace is the is the producer, and um, he has actually currently he's working with a documentary with Jim McMahon, um, and so they're about wrapping that up. And um, so just online, we kind of found each other, and he was aware of our tournament, and took an interest in it, and decided he wanted to do a documentary about our, our tournament. Um, and so it's focused on next year's tournament in 2022. However, he's come out to Omaha and um, filmed with me and a few of my friends, Nate and, and Ben, to kind of get started on the, the film. And so it will basically all center around at the end this tournament that will be attracting you know players from around the U.S. How many players can you have at one of those tournaments? How many players do you tend to have? Oh, uh, we're in Omaha. We're usually like around 20. So it's not a huge turnout, but um, really what our tournament is about is the duration and the amount of games that you get to take part in. So in our tournament, you, you start with a three game opening round of group play. You get into elimination rounds um, for anybody that gets eliminated early. They also play in consolation games. So basically everybody in the tournament takes part in like six, seven games over about five hours. Um, have a lot of going at the same time. Yeah, everybody, we have enough systems. I mean, we always bring enough stuff, systems, TVs, so that we can have up to like, you know, 30, 32 players. Um, what, what do you play on? Um, I still have some original Nintendos. I used to have like a dozen, but they're kind of old and they're not always the most reliable. So lately I went with the Hyperkin, the Retron HD, 
And then I also have some of the, um, the AVS systems by Retro USB, um, which are pretty high dollar unit. I have a few of those. So, um, so we kind of a mix between original hardware and some of the newer HDMI output stuff. I would love to see an HDMI version of that. That has to look pretty sharp. It does, especially the, the AVS system. It's crystal clear picture. It's 720 resolution, um, perfect sound, everything. So um, some of the, the tournaments I've traveled to in other parts of the U.S., um, they have been uh, Cincinnati had a 40-player tournament. Pittsburgh and Columbus, Ohio were 32 players. Um, but in all those situations, they only had like eight to 10 systems, um, you know, so you would have to play and then you might have to wait a game or two before you would get back into the action. So as to our tournament, we uh, make it so everybody, you know, as long as it's below 32 players or whatever, everybody can play at once. That sounds so great. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is why football's family to me gets me right here, gets me right here in the heart. This, uh, when I was growing up, Brad, when I was in fifth grade, I came down with mono and then I had chronic fatigue syndrome, which I didn't want to wake up. I slept pretty much all day long. If I could do my homework and make it till Friday, I would go to a video game store down the road and get this game every Friday. And, you know, I played it as long as I could stay awake. And I remember getting it for Christmas that year. And thinking, I just, you know, I, I hit the jackpot. Um, I love the game. I'm not good at it, but I love the game. And to see uh, other people become good at it and keep this game going, you know, it it, it makes me feel good. I'm glad what you're doing. Uh, because, you know, today people have Madden and they have, you know, what you say about EA Sports, about not keeping up with things and make, making game unplayable. Tecmo Bowl is playable even today. If you go back to 8-bit, it is still playable. The bugs are not there. Sure, it has, you know, it doesn't have the names of the teams, but it has a gameplay that you could play. You can play with different teams. You can play with strategy like you're talking about. You can make it, uh, you, you can make it your own, and I'm glad that's what y'all are doing. So where, how, they, how can they get a hold of you if they want to be part of this? Best best way to get, catch me up is um, just uh, through Twitter. I'm really active on that platform at Tech Mobile versus RBI. Um, I also have a website for the tournament, uh, TechMobileNES.com. That's TechMobileNES.com. That just kind of breaks down uh, the general information, the format, the gameplay rules, um, some of the systems we use. So that just kind of covers all the bases of, about the tournament. Oh, I'm just, I was thinking about RBI baseball today. And if, it, if it's what I'm thinking, I remember playing uh, as Nolan Ryan on that game. Oh, that's such a good baseball game too. If you've not seen, if you're not playing RBI baseball, it's good stuff. That might, I, it's just Sorry, a good, no. it's, it's just a good game. Yeah. It's a, uh, so my my some of my closest friends like we are best in the world at Tech Mobile, and so Tech Mobile tournaments so stressful for us because we know you're going to get to that final four and you're going to be playing you know a guy just as skilled as you um and so guys like me i'm pretty good at rbi but i'm not like top level so i really get to enjoy myself a lot more during the rbi tournament because i'm just there to make it into the round of eight or um 
knock off, you know, upset one of the top players. So um, RBIs of the tournament is so much more fun for me than technical. I remember playing hours with a friend of mine who who died in a car wreck when he was 16. But when we were growing up, uh, I remember that Nolan Ryan could throw a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. And you hear it go, it's just, it's just that good 8-bit sound playing with Wally Joyner. Oh, and I'm looking at your website right now. It's technobowlnes.com. And uh, on Facebook, it says 8-Bit Omaha. Is that, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yep, that's my Facebook page too. Yep. I'll, I will make sure I link that on the Football's Family podcast, and I will put this on our Twitter page if that's okay. Yes, perfect. So, And, and there you go. Uh, I'm looking at it as well. It's not, You know what? $30 for both games, for both uh, tournaments, not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brad, for being on here. Sure, man. Thanks for having me. And, and by the way, do you have, do you know of any place where I could buy merchandise for Tecmo Bowl? Oh, like, well, specifically, what kind of merchandise? I've got to have a shirt. Okay. i got to represent. You can always find them on eBay for like 15, 20 bucks. Um, I know that's where I've got some of mine. And sometimes you'll find some interesting stuff on Amazon. I found a shirt that just, it has the Tecmo Bowl lettering from the title screen. It says Tecmo Bowl Champion. So I found some kind of interesting shirts like that too. But so yeah, just if you do some searches on eBay, Amazon, you'll run into some stuff. Um, Etsy sometimes makes some some interesting stuff like shirts and other things. So so it's definitely out there. Well, I appreciate this and thank you for coming on today. Yep, thanks for having me. Hey, are you ready for some football? Some fantasy football? How about some? Daily fantasy football. Silly questions, right? Of course you are. You're ready to talk some smack and win some cash every Sunday and Thursday and Monday and whenever there's football games. The Sports History Network invites you to play your daily fantasy football this season at thrivefantasy.com. Thrive Fantasy offers hundreds of thousands, millions in cash every day on NBA, MLB, PGA Golf, Cricket, Esports, and of course, NFL football. And just to get the 2021 NFL season started right, Thrive Fantasy is holding its $100,000 guaranteed contest with a $20,000 first prize. Sign up with Thrive Fantasy today to get a 100% match bonus on your first deposit for up to $100 in free daily fantasy football play. Visit sportshistorynetwork.com slash thrive. That's T-H-R-I-V-E. Or enter promo code SHN when depositing at the cashier. Join Thrive Fantasy today, earn cash prizes, and support great shows like this at the Sports History Network. Now that's a win-win-win situation for you to kick off your own NFL season. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique 
unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.